Hi, Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone here. When will you understand that I am a person and not a thing? Look it up. Do something else. Do my eyebrows. Better to say, am I being true to myself? And is this what I want to say? And have I expressed myself the way I want to express myself? I mean, that's what it's all about. Hey there, uh, this is Joel Michaeli, and you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast. And if you don't know what those initials stand for, do you know Madonna? Do you? (laughs) Hey guys, it's Tony, and I am so tired, I'm feeling like I want to get unconscious, honey. How's it going? Oh, well. Let's get unconscious with me. (laughs) You can nap after the podcast is over, Tony. Tony. Hey, everybody. This is Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. And today on the show, as you just heard, we are joined by Joel Mickley. Mickley? Michaeli. Michaeli. <laughs> Look, I'm a stickler with how people say it. People are always like, Stefan, Stephen. I'm like, it's Stefan. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm always y. like, Joel Michaeli. Yeah. It's the easiest spelling, and people still can't figure it the F out. Yeah, so. no, it's, it's, unless it's like John Smith, you're screwed. <laughs> right. Um, Joel is an actor, producer, and most importantly, a Madonna fan. So welcome, Joel. Yay. Welcome. Can I clap for myself? No. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Clapping for Madonna, let's be honest. Like, I'm just, you know, we're all just in her court. Absolutely. Little so, mere gesture. <laughs> so what's, what's going on? You're in L.A., so tell us what's going on over there in the... Earthquakes. Earthquakes. I am in La La Land. We're having Sunshine. earthquakes. I felt them. I was jumping up, and my cat didn't give a fuck, so we were <laughs> good to go back to bed. <laughs> is it like that with, uh, out in LA like when there's an earthquake like people are, I always people are like they post on their social like earthquake and I'm like that would freak me the fuck out but everyone just sort of just like goes back to bed and just goes on with it I always check out how big it is to see if I gauged it right mm-hmm. no like and so like I, I start googling all the you know the Richter you know stuff and everything and and then I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's probably nothing. But then I do put like shoes by the bed. I pull out the flashlight, <laughs> you know, like. You have your go bag in case you need to. Yeah, evacuate. yeah. I know. I know where to duck and cover. I know, you know, all the, all, all the fun. We have, we have a plan. We have a plan. Is the, is the, the mustache um, going to save you from earthquakes? You're sporting a very profound handlebar yeah, my mustache. Super thick porn stash. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to need its own zip code soon enough. It's getting quite robust. Let uh, me guess. Uh, so it's, it's, Joel, it's Joel Michael E. Jr. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, it's definitely visited the 69 zip code multiple times already. <laughs> um, just saying. <laughs> if anyone wants to join it, <laughs> so joel um well, how is everyone doing with uh covid in the last couple months in la because i know that you guys are able to I mean, have a little bit more know, freedom right we, we're starting to get a little more freedom i have been fortunate enough to continue to work a lot so Good i was you. shooting a lot out of town i did like three movies in puerto rico a couple in mississippi you know, staying staying a little busy beaver, so I got mm-hmm. to, you know, escape shut down a bit, which is, oh. I'm really thankful for. Before we get down to some questions, let's uh, give Joel a proper intro for our audience. For those who are not 
in the Joel know. Tony, will you do the Absolutely. So with an enviable and extensive resume across film, TV, and animation, Joel Michaeli is best known for his co-starring roles in Roger Avery's The Rules of Attraction, the enduring cult classic, But I'm a Cheerleader, and the teen comedy mainstay Can't Hardly Wait. But in addition to his countless acting roles, Joel has also produced over 16 film and television projects with more on the way. More recently... Most recently, Joel has produced and or appeared in several projects scheduled for release in 2021, including The Comeback Trail, which he also executive produced. And he's just got these... With, um, with the Nero and Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> and Morgan Freeman, some swanky folk. I know. I was just going to say, like, you know, there's a couple of newcomers in this film that Joel's working with. He's also recently executive produced and co-starred in Wild Indian, which had its premiere at Sundance this year. And he's currently also appearing in the controversial release Run, Hide, Fight, which opened earlier in January. Wow. Welcome. Why is that controversial? I want to know why, why is Run, Hide, Fight controversial? Oh, my God. Well, it's a, Run, Hide, Fight is about a school shooting. And and it kind of takes the stance of like one of the girls fighting back and taking charge and putting matters in her own hands. Some people find it, uh, you know, people have various issues on school shootings and and guns. And -hmm. and I thought it took a very neutral, bizarrely neutral stance. Um, But, you know, so some people are really up in arms about the film. I think... It's, I think it's an interesting film. I think it has a lot to say. I think it's not, it's not trying to, you know, take a stance, but Mm -hmm. while, while trying to stay neutral. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I did read a really good review that called it Die Hard in a High School, which is all the description I need to see it. Yeah, people think of it as that. Listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a prop for hire. I'm just an actor in that one. (laughs) (laughs) I just showed up. I said my lines. I saved children. I was, you know, the teacher saving kids. I'm chucking them through the windows, you know, like making, making everything okay. So it's a wild movie. But anyways. (laughs) So... Let's let's go back in time to to <laughs> the beginning of Joel's Madonna journey. Joel, how did Madonna come to you? I can't think of a time that Madonna wasn't a, at the forefront of my mm-hmm. life. You know, I, at the youngest age possible, I was mesmerized by her. Mm-hmm. It was an addiction. It was you know, one of the only things that I wanted to engage upon. I, I I come from like parents, you know, 80s parents where they didn't monitor what I did. You know, they didn't, right? you know, they didn't, they didn't know where the hell I was. They didn't, they didn't, you know, <laughs> they were like, if you went to school, you did your homework, like they don't give a shit, you know? So, um, you know, my parents were actually very supportive of my Madonna addiction. Oh, you're so lucky. You know, like, uh, I know, you know, Madonna was the first person, first woman I saw naked besides my mother, you know, <laughs> that was a woman, mm-hmm. you know, in penthouse. And that was my dad just brought it and laid it out and knew I was obsessed with Madonna, you know, and you're like, thanks, and, dad. <laughs> thanks, dad. And like, and, you know, and some of that might have been him being like, I would like to sway my son into liking mm-hmm. women and, or some of it, you know, and, or, you know, me subliminally, because I think they never saw me really latch on 
to women like I did Madonna. Mm-hmm. Like it was just- well, and I think I think a lot of parents or older people when they see younger people adoring Madonna, they don't they think that it's the oh he's a boy he likes mm-hmm. her because she's a girl. They're not putting the the other thing together where it's like no 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 he's probably gay and he likes her because she's a gay icon. Yeah, I mean you like her because you know. Uh... <laughs> You know, like she she just spoke to me on like different levels that like nobody else did. You know, she mm-hmm. taught me to be myself, uh, to let my freak flag fly, to, mm-hmm. you know, not be concerned with what everybody else thinks, you know, to take control of your own image, which is all the things that she was doing. Like she put herself out there nude and in photo- and then in the photography and just embraced it and didn't apologize for it. And, and, and controlled her own narrative, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that taught me to be comfortable with my own body, to try and control my own narrative, to not be ashamed of who I am. And that, you know, it's very like, um, you know, I, my, my dad's an Israeli, uh, immigrant. So it's a more European stance, being comfortable with your body and being, accepting of yourself and and those were things that i got from her in in a period that nobody else was talking like that everyone else was so squeaky clean with manufactured bullshit images Mm -hmm. whereas madonna was like here i am warts and all good the bad the ugly you know like sexuality non-sexuality today i i feel like i'm gonna embrace my fears and tomorrow i'm gonna you know ignore it but that's my choice (laughs) Mm -hmm. nobody else is for me and and that's impressive yeah oh my god so you just had copies of the sex book just lying around your house your parents just in the guest bath parents got it for me the day it came out i remember it very specifically (laughs) and i remember my mother being like oh my god this was like the most mortifying day of my life i had to stand in line and like fight with people (laughs) to get my son the sex book because like they didn't care that i saw images of a naked woman right like they didn't that was like a bad thing. It's just a body. And I don't, and I still don't think it's a bad thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but many other parents did think that, you know, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. no, totally. my dad made sure I was there for truth or dare opening night, you know, when they were like being stripped on no one under 17s and guarding doors and what's going to happen to the children, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they did that. In, I grew up in Houston, Texas. They did that too. I, I saw it at three different movie theaters and at each one they had armed guards at the door. Like, what was Madonna going to do? Like, give blowjobs in the theater, you know, through the screen? <laughs> I mean, if, if, if only. I mean, I think that was like, <laughs> you know, it, it, my my parents were very welcoming with my obsession. They knew, you know, TV, movies, music. Those were my babysitters. Yeah. Those were my love. I had, you know, a subscription to Variety at like eight or nine years old. <laughs> I knew that I was like entertainment driven, and 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 my fascination happened to lie upon Madonna. Mm-hmm. You know. So they really embraced me loving her. My first trip to New York was to go see her in Speed the Plow. Oh, honey. Oh, okay, wow. well, stop right there and tell us about Speed the Plow, and then I'll <laughs> continue the podcast. Because not many people not many people have had the, the, the distinction of seeing her. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows what that was, but it's a David Mamet play, and it was on Broadway, and it was Madonna's debut in a theatrical show. And for my birthday, I believe that was, you know, the family trip (laughs) was to take their annoying kid that all he gave a shit about was Madonna to see her live in person on a stage. And I was third row, maybe third, fourth Mm -hmm. row. And, and like, you know, mouth agape, could barely breathe. Couldn't believe I was in her airspace. I mean, seeing somebody that level famous in person and acting and everything. And I was like, bitch, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do, I'm following right in your footsteps. I am going to, I want to do a big play like this, you know, and, and I, and I appreciated her stretching, you know, stretching her skills and pushing her skills. I mean, to me, one of the greatest things about Madonna is, you know, she's someone that, had a raw talent mm-hmm. and realized that she was not the greatest at everything and was going to make herself the greatest by pure mm-hmm. will, determination and hard work. And she did that. And, and she did the same thing with her acting. She was like, I am not the greatest, but guess what bitches? Mm-hmm. I'm going to become the greatest and I'm going to work my fucking face off until you respect me. And, you know, and come full circle to like an Evita. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm, um, I've always been very impressed with Madonna's, um, you know, to her desire to act. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I've, you know, I, I'm just like, I'm just in awe of people that have seen her on stage as an actress because, I mean, not everybody, you know, has had that chance. So tell me when she, I, you know, when she comes on stage, I mean, obviously there were a lot of fans in the audience. So, I mean, did they let, did, did, they, did they let her do what she had to do or was there like interruption? Got, you know, she definitely got an entrance applause. Mm-hmm. She definitely had to hold. She definitely had to continue after it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was like a clamor in the audience, you know, like people are like, <gasps> Madonna, because, you know, as you know, <laughs> otherworldly famous, like yeah. she's not like an actress or a singer, like she's, she's multi-hyphenate, thousand million levels above, yeah. iconic in everything. So yeah, you could feel that, you could feel the presence, you could feel people freaking out. Um and I thought she was great. I thought she was really comfortable. I thought mm-hmm. she was playing. I thought, you know, I learned a lot just watching her and and it was like Joe Montagna and stuff. And it, it was yeah. fucking fascinating. I, and I, my parents were like, you know, you want to meet her, you know, at the stage door afterwards. And like, there was lines, throngs of people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely not. That is not how I'm meeting Madonna. <laughs> exactly. This is not, I'm not meeting her as like a plebeian. This right, is not right. happening. Like even then I was already like mm-hmm. a snot about it, you know? <laughs> so, and, and, you know, and, and I have to bring this up because this was during a time in Madonna's life when she looked gorgeous in every way, shape or form. So, I mean, gorgeous. seeing her move around that stage with that black hair and just, you know, and yes, that would just would have killed me right there. The black hair, <laughs> the style, it was just otherworldly. I mean, she yeah, was, yeah. it was like, it, it, it was watching like, you know, like a classic movie star of like the thirties era on that stage. Absolutely. She just had that 
vibe and look and commanding presence of like the old, you know, grand dams. Yeah. Yeah. And then with that cut, with that haircut and that style and the brunetteness on her. And the electricity in the theater, all of that. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was revelatory. It was like, Mm -hmm. it felt like seeing, you know, it felt like seeing Betty Davis in the thirties or forties on a stage or something, you know, like just like iconic, untouchable, you know, you mentioned that you didn't want to meet Madonna in that way. So meeting her outside of the stage after speed, the plow. Correct. Was there, was there a chance encounter with Madonna after that? Well, my Madonna run-ins I had. Oh, okay. Run-ins. Pull up a seat. I feel like there's some stories And now it's coming. time for Joel Michaeli and Madonna Run-Ins. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we last saw Joel, he was about to meet Madonna. I, I would call them more like Joel Michaeli's fuck-ups with Madonna Run-Ins. Oh, You're no. not the only one, Joel. We've all had those. <laughs> How to not play it. By <laughs> JoelMikeley.com. Um, I, I, so I would say the Oh, God, which one do I say first? Okay, an easy one. I uh, I got to go uh, front row to the Confessions Tour. Oh, good, good in one LA? to see from In LA? The Friends and Family Night, the very first night, very first performance. We heard about those. There was only 100 people in so attendance. So jealous. It was unbelievable. I was right underneath her microphone stand. Um oh. For the next friends and family, can I hide in your mustache and you can sneak me into a friends and family? 100%. No one will notice. (laughs) So Angie Becker was a friend of mine at the time in Abdi's, and we went to go front row. Well, we had to get there early, and we ended up being front row right underneath the microphone stand. And Angie knew that we were right there, literally underneath Madonna, straight up, straight up, straight up right there. And, um, she told Madonna and I was wearing my custom that I'm going to show you right. Oh, my custom jacket that says um, it's a seersucker. And on the lapel, it says you've got to prove. And on the other lapel, it says your love to me. And then on the back, it has a photo of. Oh, I love that. That's virgin tour for Madonna. And it's seersucker. And I wear it to every tour and people like literally jump me. Oh, it's cute. Um, and so I was wearing it in the front row and I showed it to Madonna, like <laughs> literally like held it up, showed the back, like the whole thing, showed it to her. And all of a sudden I'm sitting, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of the concert. There's like a costume change or something. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I get a text message and it says, M loves your jacket. <laughs> And I was like, oh my fucking God. Next text comes through. M says, you're never allowed to take off that jacket. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. And I was like singing with her, like every single song, like the whole everything. And then she got to, um, it was the first, the first, uh, I think, or the end of the show before the, it's either before the encores or the first encore, I think it was before the encores, was um, uh, Hung Up, which Mm -hmm. at the time was the biggest song on the fucking planet, right? And so she, Madonna turned directly to me and she looked me in the face and she goes, time goes by and she puts the microphone in my face and I go, (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so you're no Kelly Ripa. <laughs> <laughs> and she she actually laughed. I got her to crack and break. And when she turned to Abby and she goes, time goes by. And he was smart enough to scream so slowly, which was not <laughs> what I was capable of doing. I don't, Tony, did Abdi tell us that story I don't, when he I was on the I don't think so. So Joel is obviously talking about Abdi Nazemian, who is a friend of the podcast, former guest, and an amazing writer and producer, and personal friend of Joel Michaeli. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so, uh, and then we went to like backstage to this like party, and they were like, Madonna's not going to come, and we ended up like, you know, hanging out with a bunch of all these other people, whatever, whatever, whatever. You were just trying on her leotards. and So the very next night, I got tickets to Madonna again, but this time for my best girlfriend, who uh, was a very big movie star, right? At the mm-hmm. time, right? So she's going to the concert. I got the tickets through Angie Becker, Madonna's manager at the time. She's in like row 12. And she's like, Joel, you have to come with me. You have to come with me to the concert. And I was like, absolutely not. I had the time of my life the night before. I need this memory to be seared in my brain forever. I am not (laughs) going to be commonplace in row 12, you know, like I, I'm like, I was front row underneath the microphone stand. She, we were singing together. We were like mm-hmm. bonding. This is a memory. I am not, <laughs> I'm not going. She's like, you know, you've got to come with me. I was like, no. So I asked Angie Becker, I was like, is Madonna going to ask her to come backstage? Is Madonna meeting with anyone? And she was like, absolutely not. Madonna has strict instructions. Nobody's meeting her on this entire tour. Nobody, 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 nobody. I'm like, great. I was like, girl, I ain't going with you. (laughs) I went to to a friend's house. I went to a friend's house in my pajamas with my Coke bottle glasses on, like hair all askew and a baseball cap and, you know, the whole thing. And we're watching American Idol and I get a text that says... And would like you guys to come backstage now. Oh. It was like, what? What? I didn't even think I had my car. There's no Uber at the time. I'm like an hour away from the stadium. Oh, no. So I texted my girlfriend and was like, okay, so Madonna wants you guys to come backstage and you're going to get to meet her. Oh. <laughs> my best girlfriend went to the stage that I was supposed to be with her with Madonna. <laughs> Alone, well, just oh my and God. her and so, her cousin and her manager <laughs> that didn't even give a flying fuck about Madonna, and they sat oh, there on no. a couch with Madonna for an hour and a half having conversations. Are you kidding? And me? Oh my! Was God. supposed to be me, but because I'm a little cunt, <laughs> I was not there because I oh have the memory of front row. Otherwise, I would have had an hour and a half of quality just us. Nobody oh, else geez. time with Madonna. Um, see, I wouldn't. I, I've, I've, I know what you're talking about. The whole like preserve this as the experience because I, I, as Tony knows, I'm sorry to beat this dead horse. I danced on stage with Madonna in 2015 at the Rebel Heart Tour, and it was amazing. And then I went to LA shortly thereafter, and I happened to be in LA when the Rebel Heart Tour was in LA, mm-hmm. and I thought for one moment oh, I should see if I can get tickets. And I was like, no, my last time seeing it was dancing on stage with her. I just want to end it there. And so I didn't get tickets, but 
I have a feeling if somebody had offered me free tickets to go see Confessions tour, I probably would have gone. And it's the best tour. It's my favorite tour. I think. Yeah. If you're going to go see any multiple show of a Madonna tour, the Confessions tour is definitely one. To definitely. So my oh, I'm sorry. No, keep going. Keep going. I know you got more stories, Joel. Another weird Madonna <laughs> run-in or sort of run-in or whatever run-in. Well, this is more, much more of a run-in. Um, I was, and I'm going to be obnoxious right now, pardon me, but I was with Lindsay Lohan in London, right? Yes. <laughs> so I'm naming names there, but I love... I love Please, no, name drop away, name drop away. Are we privy to why you were with Lindsay Lohan? We were friends, and she was hosting, like, the World Music Awards. I think it's, like, 2007, mm-hmm. possibly. I was going to say, set the scene. I want to know. It was my first trip to London. Lindsay was kind enough to invite me with her, and it was <laughs> a wild fucking trip. And I love her to fucking pieces. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so I'm with Lindsay in London, and we're every night we go to dinners. And she's being hounded by paparazzi, poor thing, like unbelievably, right? Poor Lilo. And we go to Nobu for dinner one night. And there's like, I don't know, I'm guessing 12 of us for dinner or something, right? And we're all walking in and the entire group, 10 people were ahead of us. And Lindsay and I were in the back of the bus of the group walking into the restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. And we're just like yapping about God knows what. And all of a sudden, we hear Lindsay in like <laughs> the <laughs> British Madonna in the kind of like bad British accented, Madonna, right? <laughs> Which I mean, I love every version of her, oh. so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> um, so we hear Lindsay, and we turn around, and a foot away from both of us is Madonna and Guy Ritchie. Oh, he's... Oh, so how does she look, first of all? What's she wearing? What's her hair? What's What, what does she look like at this time? She looked better than you could ever fucking imagine on your greatest day imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like such beauty my eyes cannot handle. It was like <laughs> looking at God. Yeah, it was like seeing Jesus in person, but... <laughs> way cooler you know and i froze and Lindsay, you know uh was like oh uh you know hi 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 madonna and she's like hi Lindsay." and i'm standing right next to her i am inches away from the from madonna mm-hmm. I, like if i put my barely put my hand out it'd be like massaging her breast you know it's like so close guy would have right? punched you in the face it's like it's breathing air. We're breathing the same air, yeah. right? Um, and she's like, uh, and you know, and Lindsay's like, oh, hi, Madonna. And she's like, oh, hello, Lindsay. She's like, um, she, and they're starting to talk and say something. And I'm, you know, hysterical blindness. Yeah. Starting to like not see things, definitely <laughs> not breathing. <laughs> world stood still. Mm-hmm. And they're saying whatever, you know, exchanging pleasantries. And now, they stop. At this point, 
had Lindsay had met Madonna before they they were familiar yes, yes, with yes, each yes, other. Yes, okay, yes, that gets comes in the rest of the story a okay. little. But so they're so, chit chattering away, and you and Guy Ritchie are just standing there, not saying there, a word, nothing. Me and me and Guy didn't even notice him. Bless his heart. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, was Guy? Guy was kind of hot back then. Guy is is and was very hot. Anywho, um, <laughs> we're standing there. They have their little pleasantries back and forth. They stop. They turn to me. Lindsay did not introduce me. I did Ooh. not say <sighs> introduce myself. Frozen. And we start to walk away. And I turned to Lindsay and I was like, I, I can't fucking believe that just fucking happened. And, and you didn't say anything. You didn't introduce me. You know how much I love Madonna. Nobody loves Madonna more. And she was like, girl, I'm shitting myself too. <laughs> she was like, I can't be worried about you fucking pooping your pants when I'm like, you know, freaking out as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not common. It, you know, Lindsay was at the height of her fame and it's still fucking scary because it's Madonna. It's other fucking level, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I was like, no, no, of course, Lindsay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. So we go and I go to sit down at Nobu, and the only seat at the table is directly facing Madonna and Guy in their <laughs> eyeline, right? <laughs> I am in their eyeline. I sit down and I go, fuck this noise. I cannot eat here. This is not happening. I can't breathe. I can't think. I can't eat. Mm-hmm. Madonna's going to watch me fucking eat in her face? Absolutely not. <laughs> this is not Gonna ha- I cannot sit here. And I was like losing my mind, losing it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, okay, what, what, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I had to go make a work phone call, right? So I was like, I've got this really important work phone call. I'm going to go make this work phone call. And as I get up to leave, Madonna and Guy are getting up to leave. <laughs> and you're like, leave me alone. <laughs> right, right. Stop following me. Oh, God, no. And they start walking, and it was the, it was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen in my entire life. I love this moment so much, so it's very sad that they did not work out. Mm-hmm. But Madonna was, like, stopping at every table and, like, saying some saying stuff to people. She was like, oh, hello, and, like, it's great to meet you. Yes, enjoy your dinner. Very nice, like, being very uber cordial to people. Like the hostess of the restaurant? Correct. Just being like, I hope you enjoyed your meal. Thanks for coming. You. Because, you know, she. everyone knows, and everyone looks at her and, like, sucks the air, and she knows. She has that awareness. I Y'all, thought it was very she, cool. she was happy. And, and she was happy. And Guy had his hand on the swell of her back, and he was like ushering her through and like Aww. helping her through it. I'm sorry, I'm like gonna cry. It was no, like she, so that, that's what she loves. Uh, that's what that's 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 her was, thing, you know. It was gorgeous. He was like so taking care of her. I was dying, mm. you know? And then and then all of a sudden I see their eyes are trained and they're coming right back over to Lindsay's table. <laughs> and I'm standing up in between them and the table, and I just like, oh fuck, I better go back to the table. And I scooch back to the table and I sit down at the table and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And Madonna comes to the table and she goes, hello, everybody. Hello. Like waves to all of us. Hello to all of us, which is like, oh my God. Right. And you know, you can hear the audible gulps from our entire table. And, um, and uh, the great Andy Lecompte who does, Lindsay, uh, uh, who does Madonna's hair and at the time was doing Lindsay's hair as Mm -hmm. well, 
was with us at the table and he's the greatest guy ever and I oh, love yeah. him to pieces. And he and he's so talented. I think he does great work with with Madge. Um anyways, he's sitting at our table also and she's like, "Hey Andy." And da, 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 and she turns to Lindsay and she goes, "You know, I'm only allowing you to have him on loan." <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay goes, Oh, of, of course, of course. Oh, yeah, we know. Anytime, yeah, and, and Andy's laughing. He's like, you know, come on, like I'm with you, Madame. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, and she was, and Lindsay's like, of course, of course, yes, we know. Like everything it was like a really cute, funny. She was, she knew she was joking. It was kitschy yeah. and lovely, and and she was being very cute. She knew the power that it was wielding and affecting. And then she walked out. And I decided to walk out behind her and Guy because I had to make that fucking phone call yeah. that I was late for, right? You're working. So I followed them outside and I saw them get harassed by the craziest mob of press I'd ever seen in my entire life. Oh, geez. When I mean, when I mean, I just had spent a week with Lindsay getting mobbed by the press. What this was, was other level. And mm-hmm. I probably, no joke, in the hundreds of photographers and and video camera lights and everything and it it was lit up the night sky it was mm-hmm. like daylight outside it's like night. lightning yeah yeah and i watched that and i watched them get into their car from a distance and i started to sob mm-hmm. because here it looked like this gorgeous couple trying to have a private moment and really savoring the private moment, but then having and being kind to everyone and having an awareness of what them just even being there did to people. And then they were just attacked and harangued and harassed and screamed at and the whole everything. And I just sobbed and sobbed yeah. oh. and eventually made that call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Those- hey, sorry, I'm late to make this phone call. Okay, Madonna call a phone stories, yeah, or am I just that. like rambling off? No, this is perfect. <laughs> oh god, you no. can keep going. No, um, those are some amazing experiences that you had. I'm actually, I'm, I'm also curious about um, what you thought of Madame X and where you saw it, and you know, any impressions you had of that show. Um. I thought Madam X was an exceptional show. What an interesting take. Um, I saw Madam X twice at the Wiltern, and I was second row, second row, like in the pit thing, and third yeah. row in the pit thing. The second row, the night where I was second row in the pit, I was right at the stairs, so I was basically first row, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. nobody in front of me. Um, so that was incredible to be that up close. You know, I actually really like the album. I think there are some really um, poetic songs on it and some really inspiring mm-hmm. songs on it. Um, and I thought it was exceptionally well done. And it, it felt, you know, like a Broadway show. It was like watching Madonna speed the plow again, except with music and, you know, and doing her own thing. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was. I thought it was an, a great freaking show. Uh, the second night I saw it, I had to leave early, so I missed like thirty minutes of the show, which was really upsetting. Because wait, went wait, on- wait, you meant that you left early? So what time did you leave at three thirty in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> it was like 
I had, I had a flight that was 1 a.m. Oh, I think. God. Oh, 1 a.m. out of LAX. I was shooting that that bad Christmas rom-com that's on Netflix, You Are My Home, or whatever. So I had to be there or, or get sued by the morning. So like, I had to leave my seat. And, and go, and I missed at least, you know, 45 minutes of the second time I was seeing the show. Oh, that must have been painful. But, yeah, and I kept, you know, even when it was starting, because I knew and I had a clock ticking and the whole thing, I was like, mm-hmm. come on, Matt, start earlier tonight, just a little. Earlier. Right. Just like, come on, you know? And of course, don't talk so much today. Don't talk so much. Of course, it was like later, you know? Yeah. And all, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, Joel, uh, I, I was thinking about something the other day. Uh, I talked to a couple of people, and, you know, it's like, when someone talks about a Madonna album, like, for example, I'll bring up bedtime stories. Everyone chimes in. They're like, I remember where I was, what was going on at the time, and this was a good time in my life, whatever. Do you have any, like, important moments in your life that were set to a Madonna album or era? And tell us. To differentiate one is, like, some, like, Sophie's Choice bullshit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because, because every... Every single Madonna album was legitimately the soundtrack mm-hmm. of my life. It's almost auspicious, it my you know? childhood or, or adult life. It's they they all take on such an integral role. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I they were also influential. I mean, everything from like you know, I remember the first time I decided to film anything was I directed. I think it was my my junior high best girlfriend or whatever. You know, we did a music video for um, my Sla Bonita. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like <laughs> you know, uh, and I still have it on on my VHS tape. You know, and I shot it on the big VHS camera. It's like every movement affected me in very mm-hmm. different ways. You know, it's like I remember watching, uh, you know, Live Aid. And my parents, they let me, you know, stay up to watch Madonna live, you know, mm-hmm. and like, just like dancing around. I remember dancing on the, around the floor. I was like too young and, you know, singing like a virgin and shit, you know, like <laughs> not knowing what the fuck I'm singing and like Papa don't preachy shit, you know, like it's like it, it, it encompassed everything, mm-hmm. you know, Um. You know, I could say like albums I think are my favorites. I I normally say confessions. Well, save save that for the end because we you know we got something in store for you. Yeah, we we've got, we've got some <laughs> okay. we've got some plans <laughs> for a little songs, later. And I have favorite songs in every different album. And I da, 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 you know, and and I tend to not go for like the mainstreamier ones. Some oh yeah, of those big big hits are some of the stuff that I I don't like the most. You know, like some mm-hmm. of it, I you know I like other things speak to me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So in addition to being a Madonna fan, you've also been in some super iconic cult classic movies, one of which is But I'm a Cheerleader, which is an amazing movie. I love that movie. So good. I, um, it recently celebrated its 20th anniversary, which is crazy to think. Um, crazy for you. Uh, Imagine for me. I mean, yeah, Shit. I know. I, <laughs> the cast had a reunion on Zoom, and the film was just released as a director's cut. I mean, for those of you listening who have not seen But I'm a Cheerleader, if you've not seen it, watch yeah. it immediately. Natasha Leone, RuPaul, Claire Duvall, Kip Pardue, Michelle Joel Williams. Michael-y. 
Joel McAlee, yeah, Eddie Cibrian, who I had such a huge crush on. Melanie Linsky, you said. Yeah, I mean, it's like there were so many famous people in that movie. It's ridiculous. And um, I don't know what 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 are some some memories from But I'm a Cheerleader? You, You know, But I'm a Cheerleader was an incredible experience for me. It was a complete life changing and life affirming experience for me. You know, when I when I had a fight really hard to get that audition, they did not want to see me. Um, I I eventually got in. There's two different versions of the story. One says one is Clea Duvall says that she recommended me. The <laughs> other one is I met this director at a party named Donnie Ward, who was doing a movie next door to the same casting people in the production company and was best friends with one of our producers. And I begged him to get me an audition. Like I was just like working it to be a part of this. Cause, um, I, I just knew that I needed to be in this movie. Yeah. And I went and I had an audition and I eventually won the role. And when I got the part, my agent said, you cannot take this movie. You will be branded as gay. You will never work again in this town. You, if you take this job, we will drop you. You will have no agents. Oh, wow. And, um, right. Because this is the nineties, right? When, when was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we came out summer 2000, but we shot, you know, we, we came out summer 2000, but we shot in 99. So, um, I, said you know i have to eat like i had was dealing with all all kinds of survival issues at the time in my life and i and i was like this is a movie this is natasha leone she's coming off of slums of beverly hills Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kidding me i was like and i was like and rupaul and icon like you know kathy moriarty yeah academy award Mm -hmm. nominated for raging bull like if you think I am turning this the fuck down, you're higher than Christmas, you know, like, <laughs> like, so, um, I accepted the movie. My agents dropped me. I had no agent. And then, um, I had an amazing, amazing experience on, on, on the film. It mm-hmm. was, um, it was the first place that I saw real gay people in person. Wow. <laughs> it was the first time I saw gay people that were in relationships that were in healthy relationships, mm-hmm. that were um, having careers. Like I never mm-hmm. saw a- any of that, you know. And and I knew none of that world, and I knew I didn't know that people could live that life and be okay. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I know it sounds really crazy, but I really no, that's how Hollywood well, was. It was a different yeah. time, you know. I mean, back then, it's like that's why I always loved. But I'm a cheerleader because I thought it was such a brave movie to to like the content that it was talking about, the subject matter that it was talking about. It was you know like yeah. I mean, it was, people it's, don't. It's about gay. Movie. It's about gay conversion. You know, I mean, they, yeah. it's a comedy movie, but it's at the at the. I mean, that's real. The mm-hmm. stuff yeah, that they were doing is gay it. conversion therapy and how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And and how wrong it is, all in the context of a love story as well, you know. Um, and 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 you know, the writer was gay, the producers were gay, the director was gay. There were actors that were gay. There were, you know, uh, I was not exposed to any of that in my personal life, mm-hmm. you know. And and RuPaul took me under his wings, and he was so kind to me, and so funny, and mm. so generous, and so wise. 
and 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 Kathy Moriarty took a shine to me, and we became good friends as well. And you know, and I was then I became best friends with Melanie Milinsky, and it was like we, I, it, it changed my life. And I was very close with all of them. And now it's like twenty years later, we all you know. We are still a family, that movie, bizarrely. We are very because it speaks so much to mm-hmm. the to people that watch it. It means so much to them. Like we're always gonna be all connected. And sometimes we're all getting along and sometimes we're all fucking fighting. We're bestie <laughs> fights. Like sometimes we are all bestie, bestie, besties, and sometimes we are not. And it goes in and out all over like a real family, but all, you know, Natasha, Clea, Melanie, Kate Town, uh, Doug Spain, Dante Bosco, they're all, they're like, they are my family. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I will love all of those people inside out, backwards and forward till the day I die, whether we are in close contact or wanting to kill each other. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's super sweet. No, I think I remember I, I messaged you after I watched the reunion on Zoom and I was like, oh my God, you guys look like you been literally living together for the last 20 years you know because there was like we, no no disconnect at all the i think every we all see each other mm-hmm. like in certain ways and you know and jamie babbitt the director would have parties all through the years and mm-hmm. i would see almost everyone at at those parties and clea used to have all these great house parties and we would all be there and you know it was it was really fun and i i knew clea since you know before either of us were acting mm-hmm. you know like she, you know, uh, Clea is very important in my heart. Yeah, she's a brilliant director. I loved the 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 film that she put out last Christmas. I can't wait to see more of what she comes up with because she's she's like untapped talent, you know, when it comes to directing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her 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 dad Steph was also a very talented actor, and mm. and and she her talent comes from that side and, and it is channeled through her and she's really learned how to hone it and make it happen and doing a tremendous job. Yeah, you know, she's, she's very intuitive. I, uh, so you were left without an agent, but then after this film, um, you must've gotten another agent because you booked so many other roles and a lot of them were like kind of in the gay spectrum. I mean, you worked with Ryan Murphy and popular, which was again, another ahead of its time, series on television dealing with you know teenagers and sexuality amongst other things yes you you worked with jamie babbitt again and itty bitty titty committee which has a funny name but it's actually a really deep movie (laughs) for those that Mm -hmm. haven't seen it and um you know and yeah tell us a little bit about the rules of attraction was a a couple years after yeah and then the rules of attraction too Uh, which um love that movie i mean that hospital scene the hospital scene when you are dragging (laughs) that guy in on the floor help him somebody help him it is so so good (laughs) when when you guys when you and and your other colleagues showed up at that scene i was like okay these guys need their own movie like they need they need to have a spin-off you know (laughs) that would have been so funny there was a whole you know that entire sequence follows me you know and there was a whole other sequence starting in the cafeteria that followed me that was really hilarious and Mm -hmm. they cut it the fuck out because the studio was like 
this ancillary character is like stealing all the thunder. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. This poor, poor James Vanderbeek. No one's paying attention to him. Yeah, and Adam Brody was in the sequence with me. It was Adam Brody. Oh, wow. And no, I, 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 I tell people all the time that this movie is really misunderstood. I think that a lot of stuff got edited out. I know that they, they shot a whole nother film uh, Glamorama from footage yes. of this film, which no one will ever see. And um, really, yeah. wait, wait, hold on, back up. So, I because I I was a huge Brett Easton Ellis fan. Like I loved reading all of his uh-huh. books, and I was addicted. To, so they shot a movie for Glamorama based off. Yeah. Of so the what happened book? is that Roger Avery and Joel, if I'm wrong Avery. in any part, just cut me off. So uh, yeah, okay. Roger, Roger Avery. Avery took uh, Kit Pardue and a couple of actors to Europe, and they shot pretty much what was Glamorama, they they summarized it in Rules of Attraction where they did that, like, speed it up, you know, like, two-minute thing. Oh, right, but, the uh, European montage right. section. But, but that is actually, like, a full-length film that yeah. can't they, be um, released. There is a full-length version of it that I, I, I haven't even seen, and I was supposed to go on that trip with them Oh wow! and help. Because I had at the time I hadn't been to Europe yet, yeah, and they were going to let me come. And Roger Avery, the director, and Greg Shapiro, the producer, Academy Award winner, both of them, yeah, um, we're we're going to have me come with and like help and assist and like help put things together with Kip and da 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 da. Um, and I can't remember why I ended up not going, but I didn't. But I've never even seen that whole thing, that whole version. Um, that's one of those you know, things that I like one day it's on my bucket list. I have to see. Yeah. I don't know if they're ever going to release that. I think it's very doubtful. I do yeah. think that Roger Avery will still direct the Glamorama version of the movie of mm-hmm. the book. He has the rights and he has a script and I've read it and it's fucking excellent. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And, and there still needs to be a director's cut of rules of attraction released. I think that, mm-hmm. that, that definitely exists. They had to put the cafeteria sequence with me in it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, you know, I did see the Patrick Bateman stuff that got cut out of the movie, which was Captain. Oh, I just saw that too. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I thought that was, yeah. I, the, well, that's what I loved about Brett Easton Ellis books was that he was always like weaving the characters together and yeah. that, you know, in Rules of Attraction, it was Sean Bateman, Patrick Bateman's brother. Yeah. And- it was my favorite book. I had read it with one of my best girlfriends out loud as monologues, because if you've ever read the book, mm-hmm. it's like totally each character does like a monologue so it was like acting exercises so like yeah. me and my friend we read read the entire book as i play the boy characters you play the girl characters and let's go and so i was desperate to be in the movie and because i didn't have an agent at the time i and no one would represent me because they thought i was gay um <laughs> and feminine and quirky and weird looking and whatever the fuck i am and um that i picked up the phone and i called one of the heads of the studio because they released but I'm a cheerleader Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, my favorite book is rules of attraction. I want to audition for Raymond. They won't see me help. And he was like, mm-hmm. Joel, we love you here. I can't, none of us can get you in this movie. You know, we can, I can get you an audition. And I was like, that's all I need. That's all mm-hmm. I need. Just give me the chance. Just give me the chance. Just open the door to let me read. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, I'll deliver. I fucking promise. And, and, you know, and, and casting was like, Joel's too nice to play this role. Well, he says, <laughs> petite, sensitive little soul. He could never do this part. <laughs> and I was like, I will show you the nastiest bitch you have ever <laughs> And you <laughs> sure did. I will scare the bejesus out of you. And I went in there and I did my audition. 
and uh, you know, and 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 they wanted to cast me. And Roger Avery said that when they sent it up the pull to the studio, that they're like, we want Joel Mikeley for Raymond. They said I was the fastest approval on their entire cast list because wow. they were like, oh yeah, of course, great, you know. And so I'm very lucky to have been a part of that movie. Well, see, now I would think that studios now should know Hoover. better by now. now. The studio, like the <laughs> studio should be like, well, we have to have Joel in our movie because if we have Joel in our movie, we're going to have a stellar cast because the But I'm a cheerleader cast is amazing. The the people that are in Rules of Attraction with you, I mean, you've got Jessica Biel, Faye Dunaway, Swoozy Kurtz, Kate Bosworth, James Vanderbilt. Like, I mean, th- there's so many people in that movie. And then we're going to segue into Can't Hardly Wait as well, which Jennifer Love Hewitt, Lauren Ambrose, Peter Facinelli, Seth Green, Selma Blair, Donald Faison, Cleo Duvall. Like, the amount of people that you're, like, rubbing shoulders with, it's like, I, I think it's you, Joel. I think that you, they need to realize that, um, like, they cast you in the movie. You, 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 that's what they're going to Excuse cast. me, I'm sorry. You forgot to mention Leslie Grossman. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, amazing, everyone. I mean, amazing Leslie Grossman is My queen, ever, my ever. queen. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so well. can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. Came out around the middle of that team movie revival, and as yes. we said, you know, like it was employing every young actor working at the time. Can't hardly wait. Um, is, yeah, nineteen ninety eight. We came out June twelfth, nineteen ninety eight. Not that mm. I remember. Not that it was a big day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see it that day at the Beverly Connection, and I was so Did excited. You? Oh yeah, because I'd been seeing the trailer for like months. You know. I was opening night at the Burbank AMC, Burbank AMC. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, Can't Hardly Wait has, which is now on Netflix, has every single um, actor of that era in, in that film. Like, besides the people you mentioned, there's still Jason Segel, Jerry O'Connell, Jenna Elfman. Uh, Donald Trump, what? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Sure. Jam. Yeah. Jennifer. Cox. Um, you know, and it was such a pure era. There weren't cell phones. There weren't paparazzi stuff. You know, this was an era and all of us were kids, you know, it was, mm-hmm. the cast was, you know, between 18 and 28 or something you know everyone so we became like a little family as well and it was like and i i feel like i started that i remember knocking on everyone's trailers on like day one i'm like get the fuck out of your trailer like Like, this is this is gonna be a big ass party you know and and then i think you know that changed the whole spirit and you know i've remained close with many of those people and you know I'm always the go-to on Can't Hardly Wait. You know, like I'm on the DVD uh, commentary. Like Mm -hmm. anytime there's like reunions or screenings to speak at, like, you know, I know all the folklore of Can't Hardly Wait. I know everything that's, that happened behind the scenes there, the firings, the reshoots, the, you know. Yeah, so so tell me a little bit about the reshoots because I've read that the film was, darker in tone and it was a little bit like it was supposed to be more of like an r-rated film and then all of a sudden it's like no this is going to be like basically made for a younger a younger audience you know can't hardly wait never had a darker tone it was very um it's still it's at the tone that it it was at Uh the problem is, is that the ratings board had fucking problems 
with uh, they were like kids are drinking alcohol. That's an R, which is hilarious. Mm, it's, like, it's like on martini. television. You know, <laughs> yeah, seriously. They're with like martinis and they're under. <laughs> you know, like, at the time. Yeah. They were, with breakfast. With breakfast. Yes. At the time they were like, this is a hard R rating. Kids are drinking alcohol. And they were like, you know, cause the red solo cups. Right. And, and smoking the, weed. Yeah. The directors had a fight and they're like, they're not drinking alcohol in there. They, this, they clearly have like probably water or Diet Cokes or whatever, you know, it's not indicative of that. So they had to like really fight with the ratings board. Um, it was the underage alcohol that was giving us an R. It was having a character that Jennifer Elise Cox played called the crying drunk girl Mm-hmm. that was giving us an R because she was stumbling into every scene. You know, people are like, <laughs> where's Amanda? Where's Preston? And, you know, like that whole stuff. Like, where's Amanda? Yeah. And Jennifer Elise Cox would stumble in. She'd be like, I are And they subtitled her. Like, that was the joke. <laughs> and it was fucking hilarious. And it was the funniest character in the whole movie, I think. And And they had to cut it out because they were like, that's clearly an underage child drinking you know mm-hmm. and, so or, or pretending to be an underage child drinking and so they had to cut that out what else did they have to cut out they had to cut out amber benson from buffy you know t- uh, tara from buffy uh-huh. she had uh, a, a thing where she was insinuating that she was like on molly or something you know like and mm. she was like petting a banana you still see her petting a banana in the movie yeah i remember that. that dialogue you know you know, where she's, you know, high off of her gourd. So they had to get rid of <laughs> um, What else did they have to get rid of? I think that's really it. Crying Drunk Girl and Amber Benson, which is really oh, Poor Amber Benson. Well, here's Amber hoping ben- that the Elfont Kaplans out there will that's put this together so. into a director's cut. Because, you know, we, we want to revisit all these classics and we want to, like, get something new out of them, you know? For sure. I mean, I'm hoping that we do a reunion movie, you oh, know? And wow. I think, yeah. Oh, that would be so good. And you know, I know. I was going to say, when when is uh, Natasha Lyonne going to get you on uh, uh, Russian Doll? I don't know. We need a when little... is Natasha Lyonne going to get me on Russian <laughs> Doll? Seriously. <laughs> I fit right in that world. Like, you I don't do. fit in a lot of fucking worlds, but I definitely fit in that world. You know, I'll I'll go um, walk over to the East Village tomorrow and find them filming, and I'll I'll yeah. let, I'll just scream out your name. <laughs> yeah, I know really. Natasha. Why isn't Joel in this? Natasha believes in me and would definitely put me in it. You know, and and also when she was having her rougher days and mm-hmm. times, I was always supportive and getting her jobs too. Oh, you know, shit. so like we we we're we're a good team, and I love her to pieces, and I would absolutely kill to work with her again yeah. in any capacity. She's, you know what I mean? She's someone that has like literally grown up before our eyes and she just gets better and better. I, I love I have to say, I could say unequivocally that Natasha Leone is the smartest person I've ever encountered. Oh, I, I believe that. Yeah. End of conversation. <laughs> no, I, like, I, I heard her on, uh, I think Mark Maron's podcast and she has the, this whole life that we don't know about. She was like a child actress in Israel. I mean, it's like, it's unbelievable. She's too <laughs> smart for her own good. Yeah. Like that's she is other level intelligent, which is why she's so quick and so funny. And um, she 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 her brain functions on a much higher level than anyone I have ever encountered. Uh, I believe it. Well, I <laughs> want I want to just like run through all of your releases for 2021. I'm so interested in like 
knowing more. Cry. Yeah. All night. No, all right, no well, okay. <laughs> so first, tell us about Vanquish. Tell, that comes out actually next week. So you can tell everyone where you could, they can yes, find Vanquish that and tell us a little bit about now it. In April. Um, Vanquish is, you know, will be on Amazon or vi- video on demand and all the uh, iTunes and that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's um, Ruby Rose. An, an amazing queer oh, icon, yeah. icon yeah. and uh, Mor- Morgan Freeman again, and she plays like a you know drug courier, like you know it, it's pretty freaking wild. And I got the opportunity to play a very shady gentleman, oh. a very um, maybe a demure gay veranda veranda sipping booze. Kind of gal, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, very. He's very nefarious. I'm kind of the bad guy of the movie. Oh, I can't wait to and, see him. And I really, you know, I kind of piece the puzzle together and really fuck with poor Ruby Rose, <laughs> and we'll see who will remain standing, me or her. Oh, it's like King Kong versus Godzilla. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Clash of the Titans for sure. And then, <laughs> now, tell us about the comeback trail because I mean, if I would, if I looked at the call sheet and saw those three names on there, I probably would never show up to work. But you produced this as well, so tell us what that was like. I did. Um, so the comeback trail is is written by George Gallo, who did Midnight Run with Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah and great. it's uh, De Niro, Tommy Lee Jones, Morgan Freeman, Zach Braff, Emile Hirsch, um, and it is funny, 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 funny. I um, it, it'll it'll really hit the funny bone. And it's really needed. I feel like in this era since the pandemic, mm-hmm. I feel like nothing's really made me guffaw enough and this and and this should be the perfect antidote oh good um i mean working with de niro and them you know i started off i got cast in the movie and i was just acting and then as it cruised along they needed help with certain things and then i started bringing things to the table that really helped them and then i ended up EPing the movie as well which is i'm very fortunate enough to yeah. have done um working with de niro was incredible um, I had always wanted to work with De Niro. I was like, oh, I don't want to do a movie with De Niro. I want to do a movie with De Niro. And then I got a movie with De Niro, but it was Drina De Niro, his daughter. Mm-hmm. So, still, still works uh, in the family. Drina is so fucking cool. I think she is the kazoolist. I would never trade it for the world. I love her. She was amazing. We did this fucking crazy movie together and so then i started being more specific and being like i want to do a movie with robert de niro and then (laughs) put it out there in the universe let the universe hear it but having done a movie with drina his cool as f daughter you know i got to tell uh um de niro and he was very welcoming me of Mm -hmm. that primarily because you know i was friends with drina um so he was very cool with me. He was very open to improv. Um, he was open to playing. He was open to finding jokes. And, and you know, I, I just improv with him on like the first day and made him laugh. And, and then he seemed to respect me and treat me nicer and, and, and just really open up to me. So like we got along really well. That's really awesome because he seems like a tough crowd, you know? 
he's really shy. He's not tough at all with anyone. He's like so lovely to everyone. He's just shy. So he doesn't talk to people or open up to people. And I, me and a couple of the other actors were fortunate enough to have him open up more to us and, and talk to us. And yeah. I had some lovely discussions with him about just like very normal life stuff. And he is very insightful and hilarious. And I love him. Are you able love to call him Bob now? <laughs> I I was informed that I can call him Bob, so I do. Oh. I feel like since this is not an interview, I can't be like Bob, 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 Bob. You know, it just seems so ri- ridiculous, and I can't believe it's even my life. You know uh-huh. that I can refer to him as Bob, and um, and I do, and and I love him, and I hope I get to work with him seven million more times because he is a talent beyond compare. Absolutely. And then, you know, not to be outdone, you're also, uh, you worked on The Card Counter, which is a Paul Schrader film, which, you know, that's Correct. almost as iconic. And you worked with Willem Dafoe and Tiffany Haddish. And uh, is that coming out in the fall as well? Yes, that's coming out in the fall. Um, Paul Schrader, you know, who wrote Taxi Driver mm-hmm. and 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 um, uh, Raging Bull and, you know... Mishima and Patty Hearst and all these amazing films. Light yeah. Sleeper, yeah. He's amazing. You know, I, I had, before I got cast, I had this awesome, like, hour phone conversation with, with Schrader. And I was like, holy shit, this is like what the fuck is my life? You know, mm-hmm. like, this is crazy. Like such an iconic writer. Um, and I, and I loved him and I, at work, he was, he was very focused and busy and we didn't get to like buddy up as right. much, you know, but, but I'm so thankful for that phone call where it was just like incredible. And, and Oscar Isaac was like the nicest. Oh kindest. yeah. Did you talk to him about working on WE directed by Madonna? I did not, but he was like super warm and open to anything. And he he was, he was really cool. Mm -hmm. Great, great guy. And I think my, my role in that is kind of wild. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens with. Well, wait, I want to know, did you talk to Willem Dafoe about working with Madonna in body of evidence? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't talk. Excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Dafoe. What was it like to have Madonna drip hot wax on your body? (laughs) I did, what was it like to have a naked Madonna writhing on top of you? <laughs> I did not talk to Willem Dafoe on set. I had talked to Willem about a week and a half, two weeks earlier at a party telling mm-hmm. him that I was going to be working on the movie, but we didn't cross paths on the actual oh, wow. But like that's how that's where my mind always goes. If I, it's somebody yeah. like six degrees of separation from Madonna, I'd be like, oh, you worked with Madonna. But Willem would talk to you all about that. Like he's one of those actors. You know, the old school rarefied that like tells stories and mm-hmm. cracks the jokes. Like, you know, we were at this party and he was like holding court and it was like this story and this movie and story, story, story. And like laughter abound. Like, so if you were oh, there man. and you were like, Willem, let's hear the skinny on, on Madonna. He, <laughs> he will tell you a fun ass tale. He's a cool, cool dude. An amazing actor. Well, and then you've got Wild Indian, which premiered at Sundance, and that's with Kate Bosworth. And then you have the landscape. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, no. Wild Indian is a Native American cast, which is Michael Gray Eyes and Chasky Spencer, who should get nominated for an Oscar. He's unbelievable in the movie. Oh, wow. And Jesse Eisenberg and Kate Bosworth. Okay. 
And, and See, like, rules of attraction. Rules of attraction. Re- reboot. You, you've got Kate Bosworth back. <laughs> of course, Kate, Kate. Kate and I have been friends for since since day one at Rules. Yeah, twenty. I was, I was like, I was like, you, me, now, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, you have uh, you you wrapped Lansky, which is about Meyer Lansky, which is crazy. You worked with Harvey Keitel in this one, so I mean you. Oh, which who also worked with Madonna <laughs> in face. Blue in the Face. Did you ask him about his scene with her? I did not. Oh, I'm clearly failing on the Madonna question. That's, 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 that's her, her quintessential where she plays the singing telegram girl. That, yes, oh, no. Yeah, and don't. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Yes, Blue in the Face. But that's oh, she's also too. in Dangerous yeah. Game, of course. Well, you know yeah. what? Joel, when all these films go to uh, the Academy Awards next year, you can just ask everyone at the Oscar party and let it know. <laughs> <laughs> now at, the, at, the, at the after party. Now it's going to be my new thing because I, I want to get everyone's Madonna stories. Exactly. So I'm going to just have yeah. to go, like every yeah. time I'm doing a movie being like, I, I didn't even think of these things that I could be like pumping for Madonna info. Yeah, you, you can. Next time, or- next time you're working on a movie, Text Tony, be like, Tony, did any of these people work with Madonna? And you'll you be You can sad. be our boots on the ground. But anyway, um, Stefan, I think it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. Oh, God, I'm scared. Yes. What? So for every guest on our show, we always do a little lightning round. It's very meant to be off the top of your head, wherever you're at in your Madonna journey today. Oh, God. Favorite Madonna song? Oh, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. I always say Burning Up. Favorite Madonna video? Oh, uh, justify my love. Oh, good one. Favorite Madonna tour? Confessions. Yeah, I was gonna say it would have I to mean, be. Uh, or are you favorite Mad- or blonde ambition? But confessions was just it was expensive. She was just in a different place in her life and just seemed to just like so enjoy. It. Like it wasn't like she was working to prove anything. She was like celebrating her like everything. You know? Yeah. It was yeah. Like yeah. It was just well, and, and you were front row, and I so, was front row. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite Madonna look, and it can be from a video, photo shoot, tour, in person. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm a, I'm. Oh, I'm not wearing that T-shirt. I thought I was wearing my Madonna. You know, I like Madonna gummy bracelets. See, like old school original, game classic, yeah. early early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have an optional write-in question that Tony has 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 given us today. Favorite Madonna album cover. It's important to know. <laughs> album cover. I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, with the look I just said, it would seem that I would be like a kind of fall in the like a Virginie or Madonna Madonna mm-hmm. cover. Um, but I think, damn. Ah. The cover itself, yeah, confessions, yeah, mm. yeah. I find oddly enough, some of her album covers aren't my favorite photos of her. You know, like me neither. Like, I'm like, yeah. like the pop, like the the True Blue album cover is probably I think her that's, most iconic. That's what I, was, that's what I had in mind. I almost yeah. said True Blue. I almost said True Blue. Yeah, but I, like I think that that Herb Ritz photo is just so iconic. Mm-hmm. It just like yeah. it sort of just sits as such a brilliant photo and then a great album it's cover but then i low. think some of the other ones are are kind of like hmm, you know they're just they're okay there's so many other imagery of madonna that it that gets me going you so know many. yeah um movie 
Madonna, what about Madonna movie? Oh yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yes, it's, yes, favorite Madonna movie. Oh yeah, favorite have. Madonna movie. Got Evita, hello. Mm-hmm. Mm. Evita, hello. You can't even. I mean, her <laughs> performance is fucking phenomenal, and I would have. They should have handed her an Oscar for real. Like they really should have. Joel, we could talk to you all night. This was so much fun. I mean, you blew our minds with those. Close encounters of the Madonna kind. So thank you so much. Oh for my that. god! <laughs> I can't believe I spilled that tea. Am I going to regret this? <laughs> no, we love it. We love it. You are in service <laughs> to the fans, so we we are, we all thank you so much. Um, and yeah, that's our show for today. We'd like to thank our very special guest Joel Michaeli for taking the time to speak with us. And Joel, thank you so much. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Joel Michaeli for the number four real. And Joel, tell everyone else where they can find you in other places i know we mentioned a bunch of films that are coming out this year but if there's anything else you want to plug go ahead um instagram is good just joel michaeli michael with a y at the end yep for real or whatever we'll tag you up don't worry oh great can't wait <laughs> i know i'm, I'm waiting for I'm the like, for the joel michaeli <laughs> film fest it's we could do a whole film festival like a, just a week-long festival I would, with movies i would totally be down for that i would totally come and speak and anyone that hits me up on instagram feel free to send the nudes since this is like madonna <laughs> madonna inspired not nudes, opposed could, to looking please at them, i would come please recreate her naked thumb hitchhiking in miami send that to joel yeah we're um, very liberal in that regard so we would love we would we, we're, we're we're open to all, all kinds of things if you're feeling that way bring it exactly <laughs> <laughs> and of course you can find us on instagram and twitter at mlvc podcast and on the web mlvcpodcast.com we're streaming wherever you listen to podcasts so you can hear us everywhere make sure to share us with your friends and family because how else are they going to hear these amazing stories exactly. that joel just gifted gifted us with so um Joel, thanks so much for taking the time. We really thanks, appreciate guys. this. Amazing, and like I said, next time she's coming around on tour, I'm thinking maybe 2022 if we're lucky. Please, um, please phone us up for a little friends and family. <laughs> is, there news on the new, is there a new album? Is she working on a new album? Do we know? Like, we are theorizing that after she's done the movie, that she will go out on tour after the after the award circuit is done for her biopic that she will go on tour to support the soundtrack and maybe do like a greatest hits mm-hmm. tour i feel sort like we like need to do a greatest hits tour like all hits yeah. all the time yeah well and that's what i think because the movie will celebrate her her legacy they will want to do that so she'll go up you know like whenever that award season i mean i'm assuming it's the award season for 2023 Later, greenlit to shooting or nothing like that's this is that's too many years away yeah i'm not ready yeah i I can't wait but yeah it's 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 gonna be a little bit of time before we see madonna on the road again but whenever that happens well we'll be there (laughs) we'll be there there. and now and maybe joel you'll show up and you can then go back (laughs) yes maybe but maybe by then i will have already met her and and or worked with her and then we can like discuss amongst ourselves yeah, well, I was going to say, why haven't you, like, try to produce a movie with her? Uh, you know, like, uh, get on set or something. Oh, I mean, Queen, you know. I want to so badly. <laughs> I will I will one day. I pro- Hire me for, I'll do coffee yeah. and, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll do craft services. I feel, or, like, you know, I feel like I am going to do a full-blown campaign to be in the Madonna Diablo Cody movie in some 
capacity. Oh my I, god, I would love to. I will be, a, be. I'll be an extra. I'm not even an do. actor, but I'm like I can play Christopher Ciccone. I mean. <laughs> anyway on that note thanks everyone we will uh talk to you guys next time and keep it together